What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Tune in to Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobay, MD, and join the conversation about how to heal our broken system to reverse our current health crisis. The entire world is looking for answers, and the truth is hidden in plain sight. Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time when you can call in and ask the questions that matter most to you. Good afternoon and welcome to Awakened Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Rayobe, and we're live here on Dream Vision 7 Radio. And today's topic is the autoimmune explosion plaguing women entrepreneurs and uh, frankly, all Americans, but uh, specifically women. Uh, and we'll talk about why that is, what the underlying mechanisms are from a more holistic perspective. Uh, we'll also touch on, you know, allopathic um, explanations and models as well. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the, the startling statistics about autoimmune conditions, and well, let me start by explaining what they are, right? So, you know, unfortunately, many, many Americans know more or less what autoimmune diseases are because they're plagued by them or they know someone who has one or more than one. Um, and so autoimmune diseases are essentially your body attacking itself in the, uh, the simplest explanation. So there is some type of uh, miscalculation by the body's immune system where it fails to recognize that it's, a, that it's actually attacking itself. Uh, and so it, it continues to produce substances or antibodies that uh, attack normal tissues. And uh, this is a fairly nor uh, excuse me, this is a fairly new kind of disease. We don't see references to autoimmune conditions in ancient textbooks, for example. We don't see it on Egyptian pyramids, um, you know, in hieroglyphics. Uh, we don't see it in ancient Sumerian texts, right? Uh, it did not exist. Uh, it is a modern phenomenon um, to have an autoimmune disease. And it's not because we couldn't diagnose autoimmune diseases way back when. They simply actually didn't exist. Um, you know, this is a phenomenon of basically the, uh, you know, the modern era, the industrial revolution. Um, you know, again, maybe about 200 years ago when we started producing factories and um, things that required engines and uh, things that were spewing toxins into our atmosphere. Um, you know, we, we liken this to the Industrial Revolution that took place in Europe, the United States, a couple hundred years ago, right? Um, when we stopped being a, you know, a predominantly agricultural society and we began to use, uh, you know, factories, mass production of things such as cars and uh, all kinds of things, right? Eventually leading to mass production of plastics and, um, you know, the use of combustion and, uh, you know, fossil fuels, et cetera. 
um, and not just the combustion of the fossil fuels themselves, but the fueling of the factories and the byproducts of the products that we were making. Um, you know, we're all being spewed into the atmosphere, landing in our water, on our soil, in our lungs, in our mouths. Um, and when this first started to happen, we experienced death. You know, people were dying in the thousands. Um, and uh, of course, the world population wasn't as high as it is today. So it wasn't people dying in the millions. It was thousands because there just weren't as many people. Um, and quickly, you know, government regulation came in and somewhat put the lid on the toxins being spewed out into the atmosphere, um, but then turned a blind eye to the other toxins that started to be produced in the atmosphere. And so we have basically another mushroom cloud of garbage in our atmosphere that it has remained essentially unregulated since some industries since the 1970s, other industries since the 1990s have remained essentially unregulated. Um, and the amount of toxins that we are spewing currently into our atmosphere and around into our environment is unknown. Um, it's it's literally unknown, like no one actually knows, um, you know, and, and it's not a conspiracy theory, like they they literally don't know. Uh, they, there is an estimate that there are 20,000 upwards of 80,000 different chemicals uh, being spewed into the atmosphere, uh, again, landing in our oceans, which then trickle into our drinking water supplies. Um, of course, seep into our soil, which then grows into our food, um, grows into the animals that you know eat the plants that we end up eating uh, as a source of food. Um, we inhale it through the atmosphere, etc. And so, you know, clearly we we have been inundated with tens of thousands of chemicals. Um, and when I say chemicals, I mean artificial synthetic products. Um, some of them bear a frightening resemblance to our own body's things, such as hormones. So there are hormone mimickers in our foods and hormone mimickers in plastics. And, you know, basically it's ubiquitous. There are uh, chemicals, artificial products that resemble, that are so close to the structure of our own hormones that we produce that it, our bodies are confused, you know, um, and will think it's a hormone, but at the same time recognize that it's not, right? Um, hormones in particular require tremendous precision to be utilized. Um, there's not any margin of error for hormones in the human body. Um, in other words, the, the, the chemical structure of a hormone is critically important. Um, because the entirety, the entire hormone is read like a book, like an encyclopedia, like a recipe, like a blueprint. Um, the body reads that hormone with tremendous precision and does precisely what that hormone tells it to do. And if your body can't recognize that it's not reading a hormone, um, it will do what the artificial hormone or the hormone mimicker tells it to do rather than identifying that, wait a minute, this isn't actually estrogen. This is an estrogen imposter. Let me not listen to what it's saying. Your body doesn't have that option. 
Um, so your immune system might be trying to get that estrogen mimicker out of your body, but in the meanwhile, it has circulated inside of your cells and the inside of your cells don't have the capacity to say, hmm, that's not really estrogen. Let me not listen to what it's saying, right? Um, it has to do with that fake hormone is telling it to do, which means it's going to create proteins. It's going to um, modify its genes according to what that fake hormone is telling it to do. Same thing for progesterone, same thing for any hormone mimicker that we would put in the body. So what your body ends up doing is it ends up creating these things that aren't precisely what it's supposed to be creating, um, which then leaves the immune system confused because your immune system's job is to identify what belongs in your body from what does not belong in your body, not attack what belongs in your body and attack and defend the body from that which it perceives not to be you know, belonging there. Um, and so we can see then how we can set the fertile ground for the immune system to get confused um, from two different perspectives, right? One is we have these chemicals, these toxins invading the body, um, and that pr produces a tremendous amount of stress in the human body, which causes it to... Um, have to do something, right? So, so when, when you're under attack, you have to defend yourself. And so in the inside of the body is no different. When it perceives itself to be under attack by toxins, it will do its best to defend itself by any means necessary, right? So your skin is one layer of defense. That's a detoxification organ. Um, your inside of your bloodstream, your liver is a detoxification organ. And the gastrointestinal system is also a detoxification organ. But when something comes in that's artificial, right? So we have to remember that the human body was created or evolved um, in an environment that was natural. We didn't have 80,000 chemicals when the human body was uh, created or when the human body evolved, right? Depending on which you know camp you might be in. Um, so we were not exposed to these things in our, you know, quote unquote, infancy as a species. Um, and so the human body was never designed to deal with these 80,000 chemicals that it's being attacked with at the moment. Um, now your body is brilliant, it's smart. Um, so there are mechanisms in place for it to remove those things. But when things are artificial, when they're synthetic, when they're not natural, um, the body works a lot harder to get rid of those things. Uh, it has to um, undergo a lot more chemical reactions, um, do things it would not otherwise need to do. And it takes a lot, it just takes a lot longer for the body to get rid of those toxins if it's actually capable of getting rid of those toxins, right? There are certain toxins that are so complex, so artificial, so foreign that the body can't get rid of them and they just sit in there. Right. And, and so, of course, the body is still trying to do something to rid itself of this poison. Um, and so we can then see how the body can then be triggered to get confused um, for two different reasons. Right. One, because there's this weird stuff in it that it's trying to get rid of that it can't quite. And then secondly, because it, it costs a lot more energy to be constantly trying to rid yourself of these poisons. Right. So 
again, I liken it to, let's say you had to travel five miles in your car to go to work. And every road you tried to take, there was some kind of traffic jam or some construction or a car accident or debris on the road, right? And you kept having to divert and go on an alternate path, right? And at the end of the day, you know, a, a five minute commute took you an hour, right? Or you had to go 20 miles out of your way to go five miles, right? Um, so if we had to do that in a car every single day, you know, we can see, okay, I'd have to fill up my gas tank a lot more often. I'd have to actually, you know, change my oil a lot more often, right? Or if you have an electric car, I'd have to charge my battery a lot more often, right? My electric bills would go up a little more than they should. Um, you know, I'd have to change my tires more often, right? Because the more wear and tear you put on your tires, eventually they will wear down, right? And you have to replace those tires. Now, the same goes on in the human body, right? Um, but when it's also being attacked by these toxins, those mechanisms where it would refuel itself, those mechanisms where it would restore itself, repair itself, are not there as consistently as they need to be. And so your body goes into this deficit mode where it's expending a lot of energy, but it's not able to restore itself because the same system that would provide it with that fuel, with that energy, the gastrointestinal system is also a detoxification system, right? And so the same system that we're relying on to absorb our food efficiently, uh, to provide fuel to all of our body cells is also being, you know, quote unquote, attacked by these toxins, these poisons. And so we can then see that, okay, it's not gonna work as efficiently if it's always under attack, right? Um, and then we can see how we might develop gastrointestinal issues, right? And that might lead to vitamin and mineral depletions, protein deficiencies, fat deficiencies, um, that would then lead to body malfunction, right? One of your body's functions is immunity, right? So your immune cells, um, they also happen to live, 80% of them, in the gastrointestinal system, right? And so those immune cells are under attack. They're constantly being worn out um, and they're malnourished on top of it, right? And so it becomes then easy to see, well, no wonder, you know, 22 and a half million Americans have autoimmune disorders. Um, and then what becomes really shocking as a statistic is that 80% of that 22.5 million are women. Um, women are much, much more susceptible to autoimmune conditions than men. Um, and we're going to talk about why that is and how to protect yourself in this podcast. Um, you know, and, and women are a huge emerging, um, you know, uh, force in our society in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of business ownership, um, you know, we're, we're starting to really increase, uh, increasingly become self-empowered uh, despite, you know, what, what the challenges have been. Um, you know, we continue to move uh, forward, uh, you know, albeit slowly, uh, but we have to be healthy in order to do that. And when so many of us are plagued with autoimmune conditions, it, it's hard, it becomes hard. And so we have to then understand what the mechanisms, why we are experiencing these autoimmune conditions. We have to understand those mechanisms so we can start to reverse them, right? So it's not all doom and gloom. 
you know, the fact that there are 80,000 chemicals out there that we're inhaling all day long um, is not all doom and gloom because there's a way that if you can, if you can fuel the body properly and catch up to the toxic burden through um, healing the gastrointestinal system and other systems that may be involved, your body will be much more efficient at, you know, going off on these tangents to get rid of these artificial and synthetic, you know, chemicals and poisons to which it's exposed, right? Just like if, if you stopped more often to get gas, if you stopped more often to change your tires, get your oil changed, or, you know, you, you charged your battery more if you had an electric car, you could still get to work, right? You'd have to plan to leave earlier in the day or find an alternate means of transportation um, or be willing to take better care of your car, right? Um, and then you'd still get to work. So there's a way that inside the body, you can do the same thing. There's a way that if you assure that the gastrointestinal system is working as optimally as possible, and you strategically assist it in removing those toxins and reducing its exposure to those toxins that you can prevent autoimmune diseases. Um, now, can you cure an autoimmune disease, right? We'll talk about how that is actually possible without the use of medications on the flip side of this commercial break. You're listening to Awaken Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Ryobe, and we'll be right back. What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milan Riobe. That's M-Y-L-A-I-N-E-R-I-O-B-E-M-D. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milan the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milen is the founder of Awakened Wellness Now, an online education community dedicated to helping exhausted entrepreneurs recover from burnout and live their best lives. She's also a practicing physician at the New York Center for Integrative Health in New York City. For more information, visit awakenedwellnessnow.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic forward-thinking show. Join Dr. Bernie Siegel on Mind Health Matters every Thursday and Friday, 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Bernie will draw from his inspirational personal journey, offering us special nuggets of his sacred wisdom weaved through his delightful stories. Listen in as Bernie reminds us to be fully engaged in life. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book, have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. 
delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awaken the Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milena Riobe, and today we are talking about the autoimmune explosion plaguing women entrepreneurs. Um, and so some people will argue about the cause of autoimmune conditions, right? And and of course, they always want to blame genetics, um, but no, this is not genetics, right? 8% um, of Americans have autoimmune diseases. Only 4% of the entire rest of the world have autoimmune diseases. And so, you know, you can't argue that that's genetic, right? Because we're a melting pot. We have the genes of the entire world uh, in one country, right? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fly. I mean, it, it flies in the face of, of logic, right? So this is an environmental problem. So again, I always like to distinguish there's an external out there environment, there's an internal in here environment. So when I say environmental, I mean both. Um, and again, there's a way that you can protect the internal environment from the external environment and not be plagued by these things, right? So we had a question uh, or statement, never knew pollution was a fake hormone. Yes, it is. In fact, um, so I was looking at the list during the commercial break. You know, it, there's so many hormone mimickers in our environment. It's it's really hard to even remember them all. So pesticides, right? So the pesticides that we put all over our fruits and vegetables, um, plastics, anything that is exposed to plastic, you know, will have an estrogen mimicker in it. Um like Tupperware, also nail polish, makeup, birth control pills are technically estrogen mimickers. Um, certain types of uh, hormone replacement therapy are estrogen mimickers. Um, there's there are also progesterone mimickers, right? So same thing in birth control pills. There are progesterone mimickers um, in hormone replacement therapy. The brand name Prempro, the progesterone that is in that hormone replacement therapy is not actually progesterone. It's a mimicker. Um, we call it a progestin because it's not really progesterone. Um, and if you look at the structure of the progestin that's in birth control pills and hormone replacement therapy compared to actual progesterone that the human body makes, it's different. Now, it's not drastically different, which is why we get tricked into thinking it's okay. It's only different in a few positions. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, a blueprint that's missing, you know, the, the top corner, let's say. Um, and then a, a different blueprint gets 
stuck in there instead, right? So 90% of the blueprint looks fine and 10% is off. You know, um, again, your body can't tell that that 10% shouldn't be followed. It will do whatever that 10% tells it to do, even if it's wrong. Your body does not have the ability to distinguish that on a cellular level. Um, and this is why artificial progesterones have been linked to cancer and strokes, right? Um, because every day that you're taking this stuff, your body is being told to do the wrong thing on a certain level, even though it's a small wrong thing, all small things add up, you know, if, if they keep going on and on and on, right? And we can we can see that if, if there is a blockage in a pipe in our sink uh, and our, our, you know, faucet is leaking, even if it's one drop a day, eventually the sink will overflow, right? And, and that's what happens when we take, you know, artificial hormones into our bodies in whatever form. Um, you know, the, the body will not respond immediately. It will take time, right? It takes time for the sink to fill up and finally flood, right? Um, it takes time for the body to finally break down to the degree that we will diagnose an autoimmune condition with blood work, right? Um, so yes, you know, pollution in a way, um, but, but the actual products that you're using also. And so it becomes imperative to know, okay, I can't, I can somewhat control the external environment, right? I can choose um, to use glass bottles and stainless steel instead of plastics. I can choose to use only organic products, organic makeup, you know, organic everything to the best of, of my ability. Um, but I can't control what's in the atmosphere when I go outside, right? But I can control what's in here. I can control how my cells respond to the toxin and how much fuel my cells have to deal with the toxins. If I know how to assess how much fuel they actually have, right? Like if you know how to determine the state of your body's metabolism, you then can know how to correct it, right? And that is through the field of integrative medicine, functional medicine and Chinese medicine that we can determine those things. We can't determine that through allopathic medicine. So when someone has an autoimmune disease as diagnosed in, uh, you know, allopathic medicine and functional medicine, we diagnose them the same way, blood work, showing what we call autoantibodies, right? Antibodies against the thyroid, antibodies against certain connective tissues. Um, we can identify those things with blood work to say, okay, this person has an autoimmune disease. Um, and then the treatment will be different, right? So the emergence of biologics in allopathic medicine which is kind of a more broad suppression of the immune system through the use of medication, dampens the immune response generally in your body so that your body does not attack itself. Um, now, of course, there are many, many side effects because if you're broadly suppressing the immune system, you're leaving yourself open to other diseases, other infections, other autoimmune diseases, right? Just like chemotherapy, we use it to save lives, um, you know, from a specific form of cancer, it actually increases our risk of other forms of cancer. Um, and we accept that as one of the known risk factors when we choose to use chemotherapy. It's the same thing with biologics, right? We, we have to um, agree to accept the risk of other autoimmune diseases, infections and cancers in exchange for not feeling the symptoms of this one autoimmune disease. Um, or not experiencing um, its progression, right? Um, in the integrative world, 
what we say to that is, okay, you may need to be on a biologic, but let's see how we can render that obsolete by figuring out what are the toxins that are overwhelming your body? How do we best eliminate them from your environment externally and from the inside of you safely? And how do we determine, you know, how do we determine that path, right? And again, if you know your dynamic metabolic type, you have a sense of that, right? So if you're deficient, you don't wanna do a bunch of cleanses and detoxes and chelation until you correct the deficiencies, right? Because if you try to detox someone in a depleted state, you will actually make them worse, right? So what you're, what you're going to induce unknowingly is to make their immune system even weaker and leave them even more wide open. So that's not a good strategy, right? You wanna boost their immune system naturally by correcting the things that are uh, producing the weakened immune system if someone is in a, is in a depleted state. Um, so that may be a gut issue, right? There may be an infection present. You know, we talk about SIBO over and over and over. Our last live podcast was about SIBO. Um, and I can't even count how many people I diagnosed with SIBO, you know, every, every time I'm at my office. Um, extremely common. It causes a depletion state in the body um, and it destabilizes your immune system because again, we have to remember that 80% of our immune system lives in the gut. So when there's an infection in the gut, it's destabilizing the immune system um, and it's making it not function properly. So we have to identify what is the root cause of this autoimmune condition, right? So we know it's toxins. What else is it? right? Is it an infection in the gut causing depletion? If that's the case, we have to identify that, treat that, and then allow the body to then absorb food better, which is going to fuel the body more, right? And then we have to identify, is the gut damaged? Um, did the infection cause erosion of the lining of the gut um, and damage it, damage the cells, right? So we can do testing for leaky gut. And also what's important to do is testing for oxidative stress damage. Um, so that gives you a sense of how damaged the body actually is on a cellular level. Um, and then you have benchmarks that you can then follow to know that you are correcting those things. Um, so you want to uh, seal the gut if it's leaking, but also you have to know like, does the rest of my body have damage that I need to correct, right? And an oxidative stress uh, test will give you a sense of that. Um, and so you need to repair that damage. And then you need to find out what did the SIBO, what did the malabsorption do in terms of depleting me? You know, what vitamin and mineral deficiencies, antioxidant deficiencies, amino acid deficiencies, fatty acid deficiencies did it cause um, that I need to go and correct, right? And you have to then, A, know how to do the proper testing to figure that out, and then B, know how to interpret that test result and then provide the correct treatment plan. Um, and, and therein lies the rub, right? Um, you have to look inside the body cells for those nutrient deficiencies because you won't find them in the bloodstream um, or you will not find them sufficiently in the bloodstream because blood testing simply doesn't tell us what's going on inside our cells. So it, it's, you know, yes, we identify the autoimmune disease in the bloodstream through the presence of antibodies, 
but it's the cells that created those antibodies. So if we are not looking inside the cells themselves to identify what those cells are lacking and replacing those things, those cells will just keep producing antibodies, right? And the thing that I think is important for people to know is you have to keep recreating those antibodies in your body to attack itself, right? So an autoimmune disease is not a permanent situation, right? The body keeps recognize, it keeps misrecognizing itself. So if you were to boost the immune system sufficiently enough, reduce the load of toxins sufficiently enough that your body no longer was so confused that it was not producing those antibodies, it would stop producing those antibodies. Um, and, and we've seen this in our clinical practice. So we've seen people who had uh, thyroiditis, for example, very high anti-thyroid titers we've induced those titers to go back down to normal, not with medication, but with simply correcting what was causing the autoimmune disease in the first place. So when your body produces antibodies against itself, those antibodies are not permanent. They don't stay in your body forever. Your body immediately starts to break them down and eliminate them, right? We call that degradation. Uh, and, and so your body has to then make more. So if you can stop the signal of the body to make more, it will stop making more, right? Um, but in order to, to not have other autoimmune conditions and other conditions pop up, you can't do it artificially with a medication. You would have to do it naturally by, again, correcting all of the underlying causes, fixing the damage and you know replacing what's missing. Uh, then your body will, the immune system would start to function normally again, and then automatically it would know, oh, thyroid is part of me, let me stop attacking it, right? And it would not produce those antibodies anymore. Um, so antibodies are not permanent. It's not, oh, once my body is triggered to produce these antibodies, it will just automatically keep doing it. It's doing it in response to the continued signal that it's confused. You know, so when you correct the confusion, it will stop producing the antibodies. Um, and so we know that antibodies are degraded. Like we know that. We know that they don't last forever. Nothing lasts forever in the human body except something that's artificial that the human body uh, was not prepared for. The human body is, is prepared for the antibodies it itself makes. You know, it's a natural product. And so it can degrade it and eliminate it. Um, and it, it's the it's the fake stuff it's not designed to deal with. And that's the stuff that may permanently stay in the body. So we need to really begin to understand that if we want to really actually successfully prevent autoimmune diseases and then reverse them once they are present and then, you know, stop this alarming and disturbing trend that's happening uh, globally, but specifically here, we have a two to one ratio of autoimmune diseases in the United States. And again, 80% of those diseases are affecting women. Uh, so we need to get to our next commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk about why women are specifically uh, uh, impacted by autoimmune diseases and how we can additionally protect ourselves. So you're listening to Awaken Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riove. We'll be right back. 
What happens when we begin to realize that the 200-year experiment we've called the American healthcare system has failed? Learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness on Awakened Wellness with Milan Riobe. That's M-Y-L-A-I-N-E-R-I-O-B-E-M-D. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern when you can call in and ask Dr. Milan the questions that matter most to you. Dr. Milen is the founder of Awakened Wellness Now, an online education community dedicated to helping exhausted entrepreneurs recover from burnout and live their best lives. She's also a practicing physician at the New York Center for Integrative Health in New York City. For more information, visit AwakenedWellnessNow.com. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network invites you in for this dynamic forward-thinking show. Edesia is a U.S. nonprofit dedicated to the dream of ending childhood malnutrition for millions of children around the world. Through the manufacture of Plumpy Nut and other nutrient-rich, peanut-based, ready-to-use foods, Edesia has already delivered life and hope to nearly 1 million children in over 26 developing countries. To find out how you can join Edesia's dream of ending childhood malnutrition, please visit ediciaglobal.org. What if dreams can diagnose your life? What if we can meet the love of our life in dreams? Join host Cat O'Keefe Cannabis, the number one internationally best-selling author of Dreams That Can Save Your Life, written with Duke University medical doctor Larry Burke. Dreaming Healing is where we'll explore dreams, research, and interpret dreams from you, the caller. Dreaming Healing shows can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern with live shows on the first and third evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Come live your dreams out loud with Kat. Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 radio network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at DreamVision7Radio.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Awaken Wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riobe, and today we are talking about the autoimmune explosion plaguing our uh, women entrepreneurs and what we can do to defend ourselves and protect ourselves. Um, so we had some other questions here. Uh, question, Botox, is it safe? Um, <laughs> it's probably not as dangerous as other things. So we know Botox is an actual natural poison, right? Um, and of course we use it for migraines and aesthetics medicine, and it paralyzes the muscles. Um, where we inject it. Uh, we understand that it does, it's not local. It doesn't just stay locally to where it was injected. It goes systemically. 
Um, so we're, we're not 100% sure if it's safe or not safe. Um, for me personally, uh, anything that paralyzes anything, um, I, I don't know, I just don't, uh, doesn't sit well with me. Um, now, could you pick worse things? Yeah, you know, fillers and things that are more artificial would likely be more dangerous long-term. Um, you know, there are a couple studies uh, suggesting that it ends up in the brain um, and that that might not be a bad thing. Um, so there, there are some studies uh, to suggest that maybe it might actually be helpful for some conditions. Um, and so I would have to say, you know, jury's in, it, up in the air, right? We don't quite know. Um, for me, I, I don't like the idea of paralyzing muscles. Um, you know, if you use it short term, it's probably safe. You know, if you're using it for migraines, things like that. Um, but what I would say, again, is the same thing, right? Render it obsolete as a migraine medication and use something that we know is a lot safer, for example. Um, question, my scalp is reacting to my hair color with itching and slight rash. Any suggestions to treat the rash? Um, unfortunately, the only suggestion is stop using that hair, uh, hair brand um, and maybe try and find a more organic brand that might be a similar or same color. Um, there are a ton of chemicals in those types of products. And so you're obviously responding to one of them or reacting to one of them. Um, so that... I would suggest that you look for a healthier uh, brand. Um, you can look that up on the Environmental Working Group website. There are several other apps you can use as well. Um, that's just the one coming to mind uh, to see if that might help. And then for the rash, uh, it should go away, frankly, once it stops being exposed um, to whatever chemical it's reacting to. So I hope, hope that helps you. Um, Question, my doctor found a cyst on my kidneys while doing an MRI for a different reason. Are cysts the body's way of protecting itself? Um, cysts are fluid-filled sacs. Um, so in Chinese medicine, they, are, they can be from stagnation and water retention or, or damp in Chinese medicine. Um, so cysts will form in an area where the energy is not flowing smoothly. Um, and then the water kind of backs up into the, the, the normal tissues that are in that organ, but they fill up with water um, because, you know, there, there's not the appropriate amount of energy flowing through. Um, now, those are pathological cysts or, or abnormal cysts, we'll say. Now, your ovaries produce cysts all the time, right? When, when uh, from, the, from puberty through menopause, right? And that's a normal part of reproduction. Um, so so that it's important to distinguish, you know, no kid, cysts don't belong in kidneys, but they do, uh, to some extent, belong in the ovaries, right? Now, we, we consider cysts in the ovaries pathological when they don't go away like they're supposed to. Um, or when they pop up at other times when they're not supposed to be there. Um, next question, I had a bad reaction to say, oh, I'm sorry, there was a second portion of this question. My girlfriend says it's just that, a body's reaction to a foreign substance. Is there any truth to this? I mean, it, it could be. Um, anything that stagnates the flow of energy could create a cyst in that, that system. Um, 
And of course, toxins could be an instigator of uh, stopping the flow of energy. Uh, could be trauma. Uh, it could be uh, physical trauma. Uh, it could be uh, psychological trauma, right? So kidney, um, the emotion of kidney is fear. So any type of shock, um, uh, fear um, could potentially impact kidney, according to Chinese medicine. Now, again, in Chinese medicine, what they call kidney is not just the physical structure that we call kidney. It's a whole energy field. Um, but the anatomical kidney that we talk about would be part of the kidney system in Chinese medicine, but a small part of it. Um, I had a bad reaction to saline implants, took years before it was connect connected to my implants. It was slowly making me sick, hives, aches, and fe uh, tired feeling, then eventually hardening of my breast. Yes, that's been a, a huge issue, uh, breast implants. Uh, again, these are foreign substances. And so, um, you know, yes, they're gonna create problems. And then they're gonna further create problems because um, they are surgically placed in the body, right? So we we cut through the um, meridians, right? The, the pathways of energy flow through the body. So the kidney flows through here, the liver flows through here, the stomach flows through here. Uh, so when we cut that, the tissue, we are actually cutting those meridians and we're creating stagnation automatically because we've artificially cut that area. Now, sometimes it's necessary, right? If, if there's a, a tumor there, if there's a, a malignancy there, then again, we have to weigh the pros and cons, right? Um, and, and generally it's considered to be a benefit to go ahead and remove a malignant or cancerous tumor, right? In order to save, save someone's life. Um, you know, and there are, of course, very good reasons for uh, breast implants post-cancer, um, you know, and, and any reason, right? Um, Self-esteem uh, issues in people and, or, uh, you know, cosmetics reasons. There are many reasons why people would put implants in. So um, it's important to use materials that are as inert as possible um, and to do things to mitigate the impact, right? So again, the toxin is one thing, what we do to enable the flow of energy through the body is another thing. Um, so if uh, we were able to, as a society, understand the implications of these surgeries and implement more holistic strategies to support those tissues when we did the, the, the procedures, we might see less of this. Um, and then, of course, you know, the idea that we were using breast implants that were much more toxic before. And now, you know, the FDA has put some regulations in place. Uh, where we're using slightly more inert materials. And so, um, so I'm glad you were able to identify that and, and to treat that effectively. Um, and so women, what's the deal? Why are we um, experiencing 80% of autoimmune conditions, right? And that goes to, uh, again, a Chinese medicine premise that helps us to start to play, you know, the dot to dots that explain this. Uh, and so, in Chinese medicine, it is said that uh, men are of qi and women are of blood. Um, and qi in Chinese medicine is more or less vital energy. Again, you can't translate qi into what we would understand in our modern scientific terms or medical terms. Um, so we say vital qi, uh, vital energy, 
uh, to approximate what she actually is, but it's much more profound than that. Um, but for the sake of our discussion, we'll say it's vital energy, right? And then blood. Again, same thing with blood, like the, the, the red stuff and the blue stuff that courses through our veins and arteries. Um, when the Chinese say blood, they mean something much more profound than just the physical liquid that's flowing through the body. Um, but for the sake of, you know, our discussion, we'll say, okay, it's, it's the stuff coursing through the veins. Um, so what do they mean by that, right? So men use their vital energy more. That doesn't mean they don't have blood. Of course they have blood. So we, we all have blood and we all have chi, but the way that we use them vary, right? Depending on our biological genetic differences. Um, and so this is where genes actually, you know, do kind of matter, right? Um, is in our structure, uh, our foundational function as, you know, a, a, a gender, so to speak, um, biologically. So men do not reproduce, they do not menstruate, right? Um, in, in our social structure, they are our hunter-gatherers, right? They are physically larger than we are, um, you know, for quote-unquote defense, right? Um, and also to go out and hunt and, and to go, uh, you know, protect. Women are biologically the reproducers in terms of actually carrying the baby, right? In terms of carry, carrying, nurturing a developing uh, embryo and then fetus and then baby. And then after birth, even then, right, our breast milk actually nourishes uh, a, an infant. Um, and so all of that uses blood. Breast milk is actually blood, right? So, so the the blood gets converted into breast milk. Um, there are a lot of substances in our bodies that are the result of conversion of blood. Breast milk is one of those things. And so we are consuming blood. Um, when we menstruate, we obviously lose blood. Um, and so this is something innate in being female. And again, if we go back in history, we will see that the idea that we menstruate every month is actually not normal. We accept it as normal today because it's common, um, but it's not actually normal. So what's normal is if we go back to 200 years ago, and again, I'm not saying it's good or bad, right? Um, what I'm saying is this is a this is what our physiology was kind of built for. Um, so again, I'm, I'm, no judgment. I'm not saying we should be having seven and eight babies, right? <laughs> but that's how it was. That's how it used to be before there was birth control, um, before we had formula, right? Um, we would uh, get pregnant around puberty and we would carry a baby for nine months. You don't menstruate when you're pregnant, right? Um, and then we would have the baby. Um, there'd be some blood loss there. And then we would breastfeed the baby. There was no formula. <laughs> you couldn't stick a bottle then in, in a baby's mouth, right? Um, it didn't exist. And so you literally had to breastfeed your child around the clock uh, every two hours. And that's the only way they ate. That's also nature's form of birth control, right? So we don't menstruate when we breastfeed around the clock, but we're consuming blood, right? Um, but not as much as when it's falling out of us once a month, right? Um, and then we would 
stop breastfeeding our children, but we would breastfeed for years back then, up to the age of five, right? Until that that child could actually eat solid food and hunt and gather and do all the things it needed to do to survive, right? Um, and so fast forward 200 years, now we have formula, we have birth control. The problem is we're menstruating every single month now. Um, that didn't happen before. You know, we had this cycle of pregnancy, no menstruation, birth, breastfeeding, no menstruation. When we stopped breastfeeding, the menses would come back, we get pregnant again, right? So we ended up having like seven, an average of seven to eight babies. This was just a couple hundred years ago. It's not that far back in the past. Today, we're menstruating monthly, you know, nonstop sometimes. Um, and so that is this persistent loss of blood that we were not experiencing before. And so many women are blood deficient, right? So because we rely on blood, we are of blood uh, for our physiological functions more than men are. Um, when we're constantly losing it, that triggers problems, right? Um, and so when we're blood deficient, we are also consequently going to be energy deficient because it's the it's the blood that carries the energy around. So many women, in fact, probably most women are blood deficient. Now that doesn't mean you're anemic, right? So I did a, a podcast on this. Um, anemia is not the same as blood deficiency. You can have completely normal blood work and still be blood deficient. Um, because we don't have the ability to test for everything that flows through our blood, right? Uh, so, so there are things that we don't test for that we're deficient in, doesn't show up in blood work. And so uh, we can be very blood deficient, but have normal blood work and still be tired, still uh, have dizziness, um, have uh, light menstrual flow, have even infertility. One of the other consequences of being very blood deficient are these autoimmune conditions. So again, the instability of, of uh, our immune system, right? The immune system relies on blood to be transported. It relies on blood to nourish it, to feed it. And so if there are a bunch of vitamin deficiencies and issues going on, again, the blood, the, the immune cells surveilling the blood feeding the gastrointestinal system will be weak, will be deficient. That destabilizes uh, the immune system more in women than in men, right? So men don't bleed out every month, you know? And so they have this tank of blood that we don't have as women. Uh, and also the other thing that's important to know is stress. The stress impacts blood very, very much. And so in Chinese medicine, it's understood that stress, good or bad or indifferent, consumes blood and stagnates blood. Uh, and so if you are of blood as a woman uh, and you are enduring stress, as we all are, and make no mistakes, the invisible toxins that we don't see, that we're eating and inhaling and drinking, um, are stressors to our bodies. So whether we recognize them as stressors or not, Remember that on a cellular level, your cells are invisible to the naked eye. They're super tiny. And so a toxin that you can't see grossly in the atmosphere looks like a monstrosity to a cell. Um, it's, it's huge on a cellular level. It's tiny to us, but it's huge in there. And so that's a stress, you know, um, to the body. 
stress will consume blood, right? And and so we can understand that, right? So it's our, it's it's blood that circulates through the liver that allows it to detox. And so if we're blood deficient, there's not going to be enough blood in the liver. The, the liver cells are not going to be nourished. Same thing in the gastrointestinal system, same thing in the skin. So the rash that one of our callers was talking about is your skin not having all of the equipment that it needs to clear out toxins, right? That's what rashes are. That's what acne is. That's what psoriasis is, eczema. All of those things are simply the cells of your skin not being capable of removing toxins, either because there are too many toxins and it's overloaded or it's too depleted to do its work of ridding itself of the toxins. And so stress, because it burns more fuel, it burns more energy, consumes blood. Um, it also consumes energy, right? Um, but we are not as impacted by that in terms of autoimmune conditions. Um, men have this nice cushion of blood in their bodies and that's why stress doesn't impact them the same way. And so we are, as women, we're blood deficient and then we have stress that consumes blood even more, which makes us even more blood deficient. The other thing it can do, stress, is stagnate blood. So when we say blood is stagnant or we have blood stasis, what we mean is the blood is not flowing smoothly and we have poor circulation. Um, so endometriosis, different forms of cancer and other tumors are stagnation. Uh, blood stagnation in Chinese medicine can, can be one of the patterns of those, those conditions. So blood will, will uh, stagnate in the presence of stress as well. Um, and again, this can cause autoimmune situations because of the, the, the stagnancy. So oftentimes if someone has thyroiditis, we'll find nodules. If we do an ultrasound or we can feel them even because the flow is not stagnant, tumors and cysts and other things can form there. Um, and so this is why women are more prone. And so how do we protect ourselves? We have to protect our blood, right? Um, so sleep, sleep is the number one way to make blood. But again, it goes back to the gastrointestinal system because it's through the consumption of food that those blood cells and those blood components and those proteins and all the things that need to fill up the blood so that we are not blood deficient can be made by the body. So the gastrointestinal system is super important. So fixing any gastrointestinal issues, getting plenty of sleep, and then mitigating the impact of stress. So as women, we need a bare minimum of eight hours just to maintain status quo. So in the presence of blood deficiency, you actually need even more sleep on a consistent basis because to catch up with what you're missing, you have to do more than what meets the status quo, right? So you have to add another hour of sleep on a fairly consistent basis throughout the throughout um, you know time to catch up with that, um, and then mitigating the impact of stress, right? So uh, if you have a lot of stress, anxiety, uh, any type of uh, um, you know mental health issues, then getting to a therapist is critical. Uh, sometimes even you know being uh, being placed on medication after an appropriate ev evaluation is critical. Um, sometimes that helps to quote unquote, stop the bleeding, right? Um, and then going into things like meditation, breath work, again, heart math, I'll say it again, 
Um, those things are really important to build resiliency against stress so that stress doesn't consume the blood, stagnate the blood and add to you know, what we're already experiencing here. Uh, so I think we are officially out of time. So I hope today's podcast was, was helpful to you. Uh, again, you can go back and look at uh, the difference between uh, blood deficiency and anemia. Every woman should know, should be in our archives. And you've been listening to Awaken Wellness Now. I'm your host, Dr. Milan Riebe. Thank you for listening. And until next time, many, many blessings. Join us next time on Awakened Wellness with Milen Riobe, MD, to learn how spirituality, ancient traditions, and cutting-edge science are merging to create a new paradigm of wellness. Awakened Wellness airs every Wednesday at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m. Eastern Time with live video shows every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern of each month. Meanwhile, you can join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Dr. Me Lin and let us know what you'd like to discuss on future episodes. Dr. Me Lin is the founder of Awakened Wellness Now, an online education community dedicated to helping exhausted entrepreneurs recover from burnout and live their best lives. She's also a practicing physician at the New York Center for Integrative Health in New York City. For more information, visit AwakenedWellnessNow.com. This show is part of the Dream Vision 7 radio network.